Welcome to the Profit Podcast, everything NFL and fantasy football related all year long, with your host, Calvin Wright. Sorry, I, I forgot to come in there with the intro. I was too focused thinking about how Travis Etienne is now the number one running back on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Listen, I, I have had some wonderful days in my life. The day I got engaged, that was, that was, that was a good day. Was a good day. Steak dinner. You know, I mean, that, that's really what I remember from it. Anyways, uh, the day I was born was fantastic. Uh but nothing has compared quite to hearing that sleeper notification, pulling up my phone, and seeing that James Robinson has officially been traded to the New York Jets, clearing the way for Travis Etienne to be the number one running back in Jacksonville. Look, it already happened. I know that James Robinson was was dealing with a knee injury, but whatever. Travis Etienne out-touched him 15 touches to zero. Travis Etienne went crazy over 100 yards, a touchdown. Had some mistakes still. He did have some mistakes. I'm not going to say he didn't, but he played a very darn good game. He looked explosive, looked elusive, looked really fast on some of those plays. But the concern has always been, oh, what, what, what about James Robinson taking the ball? James Robinson's out of the picture, 100%. And this podcast was going to be just a week seven recap, but I don't think we're going to do quite that because, well, a lot has happened in terms of trades now and injuries. I'm going to go over just more specifics. So sit back, relax, and let's talk through some of this madness. I'm not going to go into the full ETN James Robinson fallout quite yet. I want to start off with some of the other injuries that have taken place and also the Christian McCaffrey news because that happened very recently. Yeah, let's start off with that. So Christian McCaffrey was traded to the 49ers. And a lot of people want to know, what do, what does this mean for fantasy football? And it came very quickly. Devontae Foreman and Chella Hubbard both had very good fantasy games, 16 points and 15 points relatively. Now, Devontae Foreman is only owned in 61% of sleeper leagues. Only started in 13% of leagues. So a 16-point game did not really benefit many people. But am I chasing his production or Chuba Hubbard's production? Well, no, I, I'm I'm really not. Uh it's this is one of those situations, I think, where a team fires the coach, they go through some personnel changes, and just through sheer, you know perseverance they put up one good game but i'm not expecting this pj walker led offense to be reliable for fantasy football i'm sorry but i'm not and this is also a great time to sell dj Moore. a lot of people might say oh well you know mccaffrey's gone all the targets have to go dj Moore's way that is true but the quarterback situation is still a mess in carolina right now it's pj walker it might be someone else next week. We don't really know. This team is a mess. And Devontae Foreman, Chuba Hubbard, they will have good games, but predicting it and actually having the guts to start them, I don't have I, I I'm not good enough at fantasy football to be able to deal with Devontae Foreman and Chuba Hubbard on my team. 
So yeah, if they're out there, go roster them. Go roster them. But I'm not as interested in them as some other players. Now, I did want to talk on the San Francisco side of the ball, what happens now. Because McCaffrey, he did not play very much, eight carries, but he did take it for 38 yards, which he looked great on the ground. Um, well, it's really the player that this hurts is Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel is now dealing with a hamstring strain. And this is someone who's, you know, started in 99% leagues on sleeper. Now he's dealing with a hamstring strain. Christian McCaffrey is going to take a lot of his work, especially near the goal line. The player that I'm most concerned for is Debo Samuel. This this doesn't really make a difference for Christian McCaffrey, I don't think. Sure, the volume goes down a little bit, but also the offense might get to the goal line. So makes up for it. So it doesn't really make a big difference from McCaffrey for McCaffrey from a fantasy football's perspective. But Debo Samuel does take a pretty big, pretty big hit. Now, Debo Samuel is talented enough that if he is healthy, I'm not overly concerned. And Jimmy Garoppolo loves throwing him the ball. So it's not the end of the world, but a lot of that upside, I think, has been lost. Some other players that we need to discuss. Josh Jacobs. What is this? What is this? Josh Jacobs' last three games, 34 points, 30 points, 36 points. He is going absolutely crazy this year. The number four overall overall running back, averaging 5.7 yards a carry. Started in 92% leagues on sleeper. So if you're not starting Josh Jacobs, get him, get him in your lineup. But here's what's really scary if you don't own Josh Jacobs. Here are the upcoming matchups. New Orleans, Jacksonville, Indy, Denver, Seattle, Los Angeles, Chargers. Every matchup I just read is bright green on sleeper app. Not just like green or yellow, bright green. I mean, that is a bottom-tier defense against fantasy football running backs. And you might attribute a lot, of this to, a lot of this success to the matchups. He hasn't really faced a good run defense. Um, and when he did, he didn't do much. But the matchups don't get harder. The matchups arguably get easier until week 14. So Josh Jacobs, some people might be, oh, let's sell him high. No. Don't sell Josh Jacobs high. I mean, if someone's offering you Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson and Alvin Kamara, yeah, go ahead, sell high. But do not go shopping Josh Jacobs out. You just be thankful that you found him this year because things are going to stay things are going to stay good for Josh Jacobs with these upcoming matchups. He is seeing volume galore. I mean, 20, 21, 28 carries. And he's involved as pass catcher. Just don't trade him away. Just be thankful you actually have a good running back because the running back scene out there is someone who doesn't have Josh Jacobs. It's thin and he gets thinner every day. Now, a running back who has been fantastic is Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker is someone that I absolutely loved coming into this season. I mean, if you watched him at all in college, you knew this guy was going to be elite. Rashad Penny was standing in the way. I didn't think Rashad Penny would stay healthy, so I stashed Kenneth Walker pretty much everywhere, and lo and behold, 
Rashad Penny, the guy who's gotten injured every single year of his career, got injured again. And now Rashad Penny is bursting onto the scene 28 points against the Chargers. 28 points. The matchups aren't great in the upcoming weeks, but they aren't bad. And someone who's seeing, you know, 20 to 25 carries a game, I think Rashad Penny is going to stay red hot. And this offense is very solid. Only started in 81% leagues on Sleeper. Come on, guys. You got to get Rashad Penny in the lineup. He's a must start at this point. This illustrates how crazy the running back scene is in fantasy this year. Rashad Penny has, has, has started, I guess, two games, maybe three. Let's say three games just to be generous. He's the RB19. He's a top 20 running back, and this is how he started his season. Zero points, three points, six points, three points. And he's a top 20 running back. The running back situation in fantasy, it is tough this year. It's brutal. So if you've got someone who's producing, just hold on to them. Hold on to them. Austin Eckler, same, same sort of deal. He is going crazy. 16 targets two weeks ago, 12 targets this time. Number one overall running back. The matchups have been absolute gold. Kansas City, Jacksonville, Houston, Cleveland, Denver, Seattle. Now he gets a bye week to rest up. But just really, really great performance from him as well. Well, I guess I'm not going to hold off much longer. Let's talk about the Travis Etienne situation. James Robinson trade. So Brees Hall. Brees Hall tore his ACL. And this is just brutal. It's just brutal because he was he wasn't just looking good. He was looking like potentially the best running back in the NFL. I mean, if you've been watching him, he's been lights out. And in an ACL tear, not only is he done for this season, but he won't really be fantasy relevant next season either. And I mean, even if he's back fully healthy, somehow recovered from, from the torn ACL, there's Michael Carter and James Robinson, three-headed Zach Wilson still, it, I don't know. It just, the situation's murky now. So this is just a brutal injury. It's just a brutal injury uh, where the, the future was so bright. The Jets, I was interested to see what they do because, yeah, I guess they could go with Michael Carter, who's been fine on his own. But obviously, this team doesn't want to just go with Michael Carter. That's why they drafted Brees Hall when they had other gaps to fill in this offense. They wanted Brees Hall. They didn't want it to be the Michael Carter show. So I was fairly curious to see if they would pursue a running back. I was thinking maybe Hunt, maybe Robinson, but I didn't want to say anything to jinx it. They go after James Robinson, which leaves Jacksonville's backfield wide open for Travis Etienne to take control of. Travis Etienne... Got the start this week. This is the first time that, okay, he's the guy. I mean, 80% of snaps. Highest since, highest this season. His previous highest was 53% of snaps. So big, big, big bump up. He carried the bar, ball 14 times for 114 yards. Eight yards of carry and a touchdown. Almost had another touchdown. Fumbled it, sadly. Had a drop or two. So he, he almost had a much bigger game. I was concerned about the fumbles. Like, oh man, what if they put James Robinson? Doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> doesn't matter anymore. Uh, but he has looked so explosive. And that's really what I've been trying to say with Travis Etienne all along, is he's just infinitely more explosive than James Robinson. You don't need advanced metrics or analytics to see it. You just have to watch a Jaguars game. And it's hard to do, trust me. But if you watch one, you just, whenever he touches the ball, there's a chance it goes for 40 yards. That's what it feels like when you watch him. 
And going into the season, even with James Robinson apparently healthy, which we'll talk about that in a second, I still believe that eventually ETN would win out in this backfield, not just because of talent, but because this team has made it clear that they weren't really high on James Robinson. James Robinson had a great season, and then they go trade up and select Travis Etienne. I mean, it's sort of like Michael Carter. If they were really happy with him and wanted him to be a featured part of the offense, why did they go draft Brees Hall? So it's just happening finally. Denver is up next, who is bleeding against the running backs, then Vegas, Kansas City, bye week, Baltimore, Detroit. So some very, very nice matchups. Keep in mind, Travis Etienne gets Houston in the fantasy football Super Bowl. But Travis Etienne started in 66% of leagues on sleeper. Moving forward, that number should be 100. That number should be 100. Uh, he, he should be a very solid RB2, week in, week out. And he's got a lot of upside because of that explosiveness. Now let's mention James Robinson, who just got traded to the Jets. So several things that I want to kind of, several things are curious about this. First off, the Jets hate Michael Carter. I don't know why. I mean, the guy's, the guy's a pretty good running back, but they're just, they just don't want him to be the guy. Like, it's fine. But um, it will be a two-headed backfield. It will be, which caps both of their ability to score in fantasy football. It really does. Both of them are going to be flex RB3 area in my eyes, especially on an offense that means Zach Wilson averaging, what, 115 pass yards? That's not good. I mean, the only explosive nature from this offense was coming from Brees Hall, who's gone. So I don't see the upside with James Robinson that a lot of people do. And then I'm also concerned about the knee. I mean, that, that's what they said. The, the um, where, Where's the report on Sleeper? Dealing with knee soreness. If you aren't using Sleeper, go download it. They have literally every piece of information about a player right in their player profile. So James Robinson dealing with soreness in his knee. And then they trade him away. Is there actually an injury here? Because he wasn't on the injury report, but he didn't touch the ball. So I, I'm slightly concerned about that. Um, I mean, we don't have much information. There's nothing really to go off of. I've been trying to find it on Twitter. There's no information. So I'm slightly concerned about that. It's a two-headed backfield in an offense without much upside. And then we have to talk about the fact that James Robinson hasn't been playing well. He really hasn't. After week three, he has not done anything. He's not done anything. Three yards of carry, two yards of carry, four yards of carry, didn't touch the ball. He hasn't been very explosive. He leads the league in getting stuffed behind the line of scrimmage. He hasn't been good. So I don't see the upside. A lot of people are saying, oh, this is great for James Robinson. Yes, it's better than him being the backup to ETN, which is how that backfield was going. But if you have James Robinson on the hype of this trade, I am trying to trade him away. I'm trying to sell high. I'm trying to see who I can get for James Robinson. Because honestly... In this Jets backfield, I probably prefer Michael Carter, who, you know, he's 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 available still in a lot of leagues, actually. 65% ownership on Sleeper, 20% started. But before the Brees Hall breakout, he was very involved as pass catcher. Nine targets, five targets. He's, he's shown that he can be involved as pass catcher a little more than James Robinson this season. So I think in PPR leagues, Michael Carter is the guy to own. But non-PPR leagues, I don't see upside in this backfield. I just don't see the upside. 
And that's that's just what I think about that that backfield. It's it's not gonna be oh my gosh, the Bears have 33 points. <laughs> I'm not even watching the game. Oh my goodness, what is going on? And Justin Fields has four fumbles? What? What what's going on in the game? People, people, what's going on? How does how does Okay, I'm gonna have to check that out later. I'm confused about what's going on in that game. I'm not watching it because I'm dedicated to making these 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 posts. But and anyways. The final player that I wanted to discuss was Daniel Jones, who I've been very low on Daniel Jones throughout his career, mostly because he has not been good <laughs> throughout his career. But he's put together some very solid fantasy games. And he runs the ball quite a bit. He runs the ball quite a bit. And in fantasy football, if you're a quarterback who runs the ball, what's the rule, everyone? I'm watching on some delicious Skyline chili, homemade Skyline chili. So I'll give you a second to answer. What did you say? Rushing is king for a quarterback? Yep, that's the answer. And and matchups? No fantasy playoffs? It's Washington, Minnesota, and Indianapolis. So we got Daniel Jones, and this offense is clicking. Well-coached team, good defense. And we got some favorable matchups in the playoffs, and he's running the ball, gosh, 11 times this past game for 107 yards. Playoff savior, anyone? Playoff savior? I'm going to play my playoff savior song. There we go. Daniel Jones is going to be playoff savior this year. He runs the ball, and he's got favorable matchups in the playoffs, and he's only owned in 40% of leagues on sleeper. This is someone you can go pick up and stash, and when it comes fantasy football playoff time, you can start Daniel Jones, and you can win the Super Bowl. Every year that I've been doing this page, this, this profit page, there's been a player that came out of nowhere and won people the leagues in the playoffs. My first year, it was Lamar Jackson. First year was Lamar Jackson. I've been doing this a while. Uh, Joe Flacco was the guy. Playoffs came around. They they started playing Lamar Jackson, and he tore it up fantasy-wise, won people championships. Year after that, I think it was Ryan Tannehill. Wow, Ryan Tannehill. Last year was Jalen Hurts and Taysom Hill. This year, guys, it's going to be Daniel Jones. And this is... You all know how much I dislike Daniel Jones usually. So me saying this is... Yeah. Daniel Jones is a playoff savior. I'm going to name this podcast the Travis Etienne Victory Lap and Daniel Jones Playoff Savior just so that in a couple months you can look back and find it easily. But yeah, I'll have a podcast in a little bit probably just called Playoff Saviors where I go over players with very favorable matchups in the playoffs. But Daniel Jones is really looking good right now. And I wanted to bring it up before playoffs and looking that far ahead really gets relevant in fantasy football just so you can get that advantage. But yeah, that's that's all I've got for this podcast. I mean, a lot of other crazy stuff happened. But most of you all watched it and know what happened. But that's really the big fantasy football stuff that's been going on. Uh, I've got a podcast coming up. I'll post it probably Wednesday or Thursday. But basically, I talked to a trained psychoanalyst on how to get someone to try out to want to trade with you in fantasy football. 
And it's it's a weird podcast for sure. The weirdest podcast I've done by far. But I think you all will really enjoy it. So stay tuned for that. Leave a review if you want to. And I will see you all next time.